The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the nuances and best practices for modernizing your analytics. Joining us today is Alex Nunley, who is a Senior Director of Analytics at Panoramic, which is an enterprise SaaS company whose marketing intelligence platform addresses the key pain points marketers experience as a result of today's complex ecosystem of disparate data sources and marketing tools. Panoramic streamlines the cross-channel data collection process, automates data mapping, modeling, and visualization, and also fosters collaboration amongst teams for faster and smarter decisioning. And today, Alex and I are going to talk about taking back control by moving your analytics in-house. Okay, here's my conversation with Alex Nunley, Senior Director of Analytics at Panoramic. Alex, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on the show, and also congratulations. Rumor has it this is your first podcast. This is indeed. I'm very excited to join. Well, let's get started and break in as quickly as we can. Let's start off. Tell us a little bit about you and about Panoramic. Absolutely. So my background in analytics began on the finance and investment side of things, uh, where I kind of cut my teeth and learned some of the basics when it comes to managing, structuring, and analyzing data to generate insights. Transitioned out of that vertical, however, and then entered into entertainment. Had a lot of interest in film and TV growing up and creative writing. So wanted to focus my efforts and understand better how data could be used throughout the kind of film life cycle, whether it's packaging, green lighting, distribution decisions, and of course, then at the end, marketing, which kind of then grew into the central focus of me and my analytics team at Legendary Entertainment. And through engagements with studios like WB, helping them inform their digital marketing strategy and optimizations as you approach release, I learned firsthand as we're growing into a market with more and more data from more and more places of more and more different varieties, how there's a pressure on analytics teams as well as their organizations to what I like to call maximize their return on analytics. Data can be costly, the tools are costly, and the human capital can be costly. So it's very important to make sure that you're maximizing the return on those investments and more importantly, being able to measure the value add of the actions taken based on the insights derived from the data. So kind of learned firsthand then as I appreciated the value of what data could provide an organization, in this case, a film company at Legendary, also encountered firsthand the inefficiencies that would recur on the day-to-day 
where there's just kind of some necessary steps, what I would like to call like data janitoring, that would have to take place, always just a means to an end, which was the insight and then subsequent action. However, as the amount of data, as our book of business grew, that came to dominate the day-to-day, right? So despite the fact that the end goal was to get to a point where you could finally connect the dots, tell a story with your data, and collaborate around a consensus, that was very rarely the case. And that became even more apparent and more of an issue as I transitioned then from legendary entertainment supply and analytics to Operum, which was a digital marketing agency, which was focused primarily on the theatrical and home entertainment vertical. Started and then kind of built from scratch their analytics capabilities, grew to a team of nine operating off three continents, servicing a book of business of roughly $80 million. Since it was theatrical, that means that you have companies launching, in effect, 10 to 15 new products in one year, products which then immediately disappear after they release. So it's very event focused and very fast paced. Sounds like the last podcast I launched. Yeah. <laughs> So whereas some products are going to have a funnel, which can extend over the course of months, which means optimization cycles as well can be more protracted. Theatrical has a funnel, which is eight to 10 weeks. That doesn't, however, prevent them from trying to spend as studios enormous budgets in the millions of dollars on all of these platforms. So there's a huge imperative to be smart with your data, but more importantly, be efficient with the data. But there's only so much you can do under the constraints of time. So I would always recognize day to day when analysts on my team were having to repeat these or very robotic kind of mundane recurring tasks, which 100% necessary, but as we grew to learn, 100% automatable. So not only from a human capital perspective, where I could tell engagement was low and individuals were not really getting to follow sparks and creativity and really get to do and apply themselves and really back to kind of the returns, kind of maximize the return on that individual. There was also just an overall inefficiency at the company level where we weren't getting as much insight out of the data as much as we as the agency, as well as what the client expected and knew could be done. So we were kind of always falling short of expectations, despite the fact that we were investing time and energy. So it was, I would say, long story short, we're encountering firsthand on the agency side, the inefficiencies within the analytics space. And then understanding the downside consequences downstream within an organization, which really limited the return on analytics. So you had a long set of experiences, interestingly enough, working in an industry that I wouldn't necessarily consider to be very analytics driven. And it absolutely is now that you mention it, but you think of people creating movies, you don't think of a lot of data going into that process. You think of it being more of a creative space. Eventually, you moved on to Panoramic. Tell us what Panoramic is and what are you doing today? So Panoramic was basically born out of the pressurized environment, that crucible of Operum. We had a product and engineering team as well as data scientists and analytics, which kind of turned their focus towards building out uh, IP and technology infrastructure in-house, which could automate all of those robotic steps of the analytics process, which were creating inefficiencies and minimizing return on analytics. Those kind of processes and workflows could kind of be bucketed into three big categories. And those categories of workflows then map directly onto the capabilities of what we call today panoramic and what we call kind of our three engines, so to speak, of the platform. The first bucket of workflows is data engineering tasks, which consisted mainly from my team of pulling in data from multiple platforms and putting it into one data model, bringing it into one workbook or into one snowflake view 
basically collecting your data and bringing it into one place so that you can start working with it together. And then accompany that was the need to map the data onto one another or map the columns from each platform onto one another. The way I like to think of it is each of these platforms is speaking a different language and speaking past one another, even though often they're talking about the same thing. So essentially what you're saying is what Facebook calls a click might be different than what Google calls a click. You need to reconcile the nomenclature of those two metrics and basically call them the same thing. So you're putting all of your clicks in one bucket. Exactly. And the same goes with other dimensions like age, gender, date. So this fundamental need to map was a huge manual task for my team, but was very necessary if someone wanted cross-platform insights. And since the mapping was so time-intensive, our ability to do it was often limited to just post-mortem reporting. And as a result, in the fog of war of the day-to-day of the campaign, we weren't really able to act upon cross-platform insights. So one of the key things Panoramic looks to solve is it provides a Rosetta Stone, if you will, for translating these domain-specific languages into a more unified vocabulary, which can then be used to tell a data story, which is cross-platform. So we've captured the decisions made by our analysts in terms of what maps onto what and what platforms to bring in, but then automated those steps so that immediately a huge chunk of time is saved. And it also eliminates human error because some of the most manual tasks are also, for that reason, the most prone to human error. So it's not only more efficient, but it's more precise. So that comprises what we call the data engine of Panoramic. You mentioned that there was a third part. There's the collection of the data, making sure that you have the nomenclature right across multiple channels. What's the third part? Those actually combine the integrating and mapping combined to form the first part, kind of the first pillar, which is the data piece. The second bucket of my team's workflows and, like I said, corresponding capabilities in Panoramic is insights. So the need to generate and deploy benchmarks, the need to create graphs and other visualizations, and then lastly, the need to draft textual insights to create reports was the other giant chunk of my team's workflow. Most analysts can project an entire year of their life around reporting deadlines and deliverables so that each week, Monday is defined by just a certain set of deliverables which are just reporting templates fulfilled in the same manner over and over again, or dashboards that have to get updated depending on what BI tool you're using. So to the extent that so many of the insights were basically just contrasts between benchmarks and change over time, the insights would repeat themselves, but nonetheless, we would do them manually. So that insight component, as well as the visuals, is automated as well in Panoramic to kind of save those more janitorial tasks and then free up the analyst's time to really focus on more next level analyses and following new lines of inquiry that were otherwise excluded from possibility because of all the data janitoring. So again, identifying the most repetitive components of the analysis and then automating that out of existence. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. 
But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Okay, so I'm following along with you where there's the consolidation and cleanliness of your data. And then there's the insights portion where you're able to put together your standard reporting to understand what the baseline and benchmarks look like and what's happening in any given point in time, how you're performing. What's the third piece of the puzzle? Third piece of the puzzle, and arguably one of the most important, is collaboration. Actually doing something about the insights, right? It's very different for an individual analyst to come to a conclusion than for your organization to reach a consensus. And if you're looking to make decisions that are data-driven, which result in moving money around or making new investments, then what you need is a consensus, right? So some PDF that's sent out into everyone's inboxes is not going to really result in measurable change and action. You need individuals coming together, having conversations around the data, bringing in subject matter experts, and through that collaboration, aligning on and deciding upon actions that can then be taken. And then once the actions are taken, that results in more data being generated, and then data feeds back into the optimization cycle, back to the data component. So it's a positive feedback loop, a virtuous circle. So that's the third piece, actually structuring and having conversations So often, these conversations are scattered to the wind where you have many Slack channels, email threads that have 100 messages and five font colors, 10 indentations and attachments that are four weeks old, as well as Google documents with comments out the wazoo and, you know, desperate attempts to get people's attention, which often fail. And what you have as a result through more traditional collaboration approaches is the noise overwhelming the signal and insights getting lost. So that inefficiency around communication, which really hampers any return on your analytics because an insight that is not acted upon is valueless in many ways beyond kind of an intellectual exercise. So what Panoramic allows you to do is collaborate and have conversations around the data. So talk to me about how this platform, and you know, I understand that the general principle here of aggregating your data, automating the insights, making sure that they're shareable, this all seems well, good, and great. How are you seeing marketers use this? Is there a trend where marketers are starting to take control over this? Are they stopping to use third-party resources to do this? What impact are these types of platforms that are doing data aggregation and sort of automating the analysis having on marketers? Well, it's a great question. And there are really a number of transformations that we're seeing with clients. Some of them that were kind of surprising. Others were intended and we're happy to see taking place. As you mentioned towards the very beginning, a trend that we're looking to lean into is the in-housing of analytics, where you have companies that want to take their data in-house, have ownership over it, rather than having scenarios where your agency owns the data. And if you change agencies, then you lose that data and any insights or benchmarks that might have been contained with it. 
So as people are looking to take ownership over the data itself, they need to, as a result, invest in analytics resources, which depending on the size of your enterprise may or may not be feasible. So all of those steps of the optimization cycle that I described from data to insights to action are very costly. You have to hire and employ data engineers, data scientists, and analysts, which might prove to be too much overhead for certain companies. So what we're looking to provide is kind of an end-to-end solution to help companies in-house the analytics. So as that's taking place within companies, what you're seeing is this evolution of the analyst's role, as well as the evolution of the marketer's role within organizations. Whereas before you had a very siloed top-down process where analytics was a department that sent out dispatches every now and then in the form of reports and meetings. And then everyone else was just recipients of the insights. Now you have a bottom-up distributed process within a company where everybody is participating in the conversation. There's no more barriers or silos where given you know, the skill level, which provided a barrier to entry and prevented individuals on media teams, account teams, and creative teams from actually pursuing lines of inquiry and being analysts themselves. This is really allowing the whole company to come together. And that's what Panoramic is creating, a unified data ecosystem that can help create continuity within a company. So that includes, you know, often the case with a theatrical clients, you would have, let's say, the theatrical marketing team, you'd have a data team, you'd have a home entertainment team, and then you'd have an agency they were working with. And those four teams, despite the fact that they're all fundamentally engaged in the same effort, which is maximizing the success of a certain title, they were all operating in their own little circles. And that created a lot of inefficiencies, right? So now what we're creating is continuity between all of those entities, creating a shared space where the conversations and analysis can take place. So that's kind of one key transformation where analytics is no longer a person, it's a process that is really resulting in a lot of creative optimizations being able to take place where there would often, we have some clients describe, but they would have questions that would come up everyone would identify and recognize them as like potentially valuable if answers could be found, but they just didn't have the time to do it. So now with all of the basics covered, they can really focus on more creative analysis. It seems like the job for the analyst using a platform like this is going to be drastically different where it used to be, you called it janitorial data. I think of it as data cleanliness you know, it used to be analysts were responsible for making sure the fluid was going through the plumbing, for lack of a better metaphor. And someone else at a higher level function, they would be producing reports and the same reports and not actually get to make business decisions. And now it seems like by implementing a process that makes the data migration, collection, the baseline reporting a lot easier, that analysts can actually do more analyzing as opposed to just reporting. Absolutely. Yeah. That also seems to potentially have some risk to it where you're taking people that are in your organization that are potentially a little less experienced. You know, one of the reasons why analysts have the role that they do is they don't always have as much experience and people that are a little bit more seasoned in interpreting data and making business decisions, you know, are, are more senior. Have you seen a trend at all where if you're moving away from the agency model and having analysts that used to be focused on report building are now starting to do the analysis, have you seen companies get into a position where they just have inexperienced people making decisions? How has the role of the analyst changed and the importance of that role as well? 
I think it's really important, and it's the risk of democratizing the analytics, where certain individuals, like you said, who are less experienced might be reaching conclusions that aren't fully contextualized. But in fact, one of the positive outcomes is uh, transparency is increased. First, you might think, oh, this is scary. Everyone's going to be able to see how my campaigns are actually performing. But actually, the culture of transparency that it creates around the data and insights is very positive. And what Panoramic is looking to do is ensure that a lot of the key contextual frameworks that is necessary to reach valid conclusions are automated and provided by the platform after they are engineered by analysts on our end and our product management team. So, you know, the key thing that someone might not have is context. And then that's what we look to provide. So it's not just the data itself, it's the important context around it. And there's a quote I like, which is the only way we can avoid becoming automatons is by automating. And I think one potential reaction you could imagine an analyst having to this idea of automating their jobs is maybe fear or resentment, where you focus more on what the computer can't do than what it can do. And really, the goal here is not to automate analysts out of existence, but rather to allow their role to evolve, like I mentioned earlier, where they can actually be more creative with their data storytelling, rather than being very robotic and repeating the same analyses over and over again. So democratizing the data and really maximizing the creativity of every member of the organization. And though there are risks involved, we look to mitigate them. I think at the end of the day, when you think about the access to data and what platforms like Panoramic can do is they enable the people that are doing the grunt work, right? Cleaning the data, making sure that the reports are built and not necessarily having an opportunity to analyze them. It gives them operating reps and it allows you as an organization to have more transparency. And there is some risk there where someone who's a relatively early level analyst is now making business decisions for you. You know, you have to be able to manage and monitor the decisions that are being made, but everybody should have more time when the reports are all automated. Yeah. And in the same manner that an individual on a media team or a planning team might not have experience with the data itself and hard skills that were usually blockers to participating in the analysis. The same can be said of analysts who don't have experience and understanding of how the buying platforms work and how the plans are structured. So often insights, although they were informed by hard skills, often weren't informed by the subject matter expertise of members of the media and accounts teams and creative teams. So what this allows is questions to be generated efficiently from the analytics side, but then the answers to be retrieved and actions to be taken based on the experience that exists throughout the organization so that subject matter experts are actually being brought into the fold. I think the democratization of data and the easy access to data allows for more transparency and allows for your organization to make decisions together. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Alex Nunley, Senior Director of Analytics at Panoramic, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Alex and I are going to discuss how to navigate the future of marketing automation. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Alex, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His company's handle is Panoramic HQ, P-A-N-O-R-A-M-I-C-H-Q. Or you could visit his company's website, which is PanoramicHQ.com.
Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. Or you could reach out to me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Alex Nunley, Senior Director of Analytics at Panoramic, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.